But I think my superpower was just that moment of people are just people. They're going to be good people or they're going to be crappy people. And they're going to treat you well or they're going to treat you not well. But don't let that worry you. Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show, episode 11, People Are People, featuring Allison Hodson as my guest. She's the CEO of Zag a marketing firm based in Edmonton, Alberta. She's often known for the hashtag, how can we do it better? Allison has a superpower of being able to sponge experience and extrapolate all the both positive and negative challenges and great things of each incident in her life. She talks about dealing with her life struggles and the life lessons she's gained. You will not want to miss her take today on Humanity, change perspective, mental health, challenge of doing something differently, and her take on responsibility and ownership. Join us. Hi, it's Trent Clark, CEO of Leadership, serial entrepreneur, longtime professional baseball coach, international speaker. Most people know me because I spoke, all right, coach in uh, three World Series. I am with today on our Winners Find a Way show with Allison Hodson. Say hello, Allison. Hey, Trent. How's it going? Uh, it's going awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm super excited to have you here. For people on the Winners Find a Way show, we are always talking about those challenges. And I bring on highly successful people that have seen some tough times. Amazingly, right? For people to rise, I think they have to go through some down times and, uh, and go through some valleys. So if you're in that place, you've faced stiff adversity, felt like losses are mounting, and you need to find a better way, well, I think you came to the right place. Because whether you're already an entrepreneur, an athlete, business leader, just looking to start your journey today to being elite, this is the perfect podcast and show for you. So I am super excited to talk to Allison. Allison is a personal friend of mine. I've worked with Allison in the past. We are also fellow entrepreneur organization members. She's a longtime entrepreneur and an absolute world beater. And so it's so awesome. First of all, let's go through a little bit of your background, Allison. Before we do that, tell people where they can find you. Where do we find sure. Allison Hudson? Yeah, I mean, the easiest place to find me is on our website for our company. So company is Zag. And so it's a to zag.ca, A-T-O-Z-A-G.ca or Z-A-G, depending on what your dialect is. You can find me on LinkedIn at Allison Hodson. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Allison Jane. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter, but my handle is a little bit complicated. It's got some mm. underscores in it, but uh, yeah, you can, <laughs> you'll find it on LinkedIn. There's, there's links there. Yes. And as you can see her name, A-L-Y-S-O-N, that really helps me kind of separate her out a little bit. She spells it uniquely. A couple highlights about your background, Allison. Uh, I love like very involved in your Edmonton community, your company and uh, business and your marketing group, Zag, as you mentioned, is in Edmonton, Alberta. And that's a, that's a province that has been through the ringer over the last like 12 years, right? Really since the economic downturn, it has not been easy. And there's a lot of things. And of course, you've owned this business all through that, right? So an EO member, as we talked about, entrepreneur organization member, uh, that's a, a worldwide group of over 12,000 members, hugely involved with your community economic development club, chamber of commerce, certainly the downtown business association, like all these things. Tell us a little bit about that background. Yeah. 
You know, it's always been really important for me to be involved in Edmonton, in the city that I live in. I know that when Zag started uh, in 2009, I was actually in a place where I was leaving the company I was with. I was looking at moving to other cities. I was looking in Toronto. I was looking in Vancouver. Uh, I was looking to kind of get out of Edmonton and do something a little bit more interesting. And that's when I, I changed my thinking. I changed my thinking to, I'm actually going to stay here. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to change things. So instead of being one of those people that just complains about what I don't mm. like about my city or what's going on in the economy or, you know, why our city isn't as cool as some other cities are or why the opportunities don't exist for young people, I thought, why don't I just get involved and try to change it? So mm. that change in mentality really led me to uh, go down the path of joining several boards and being able to actually start influence change. Wow, that is awesome. And I think you've done that, by the way. If that was a goal of yours at 29 years old, you know, knowing what I know about you, your brand, your key, you know, and all your employees that you uh, employ all throughout Canada, you've done that. Uh, you've done that for Edmonton. I know many of the people that are involved with other committees you've been involved with, and they rave about your uh, investment time efforts in the city. So that's super exciting. A little shout out to Cheryl Watson, who always speaks highly of you. And I think Cheryl's running for mayor, right? Cheryl's she the, is. She she's is. the mayor of Edmonton. Yeah. Cheryl's a, a fellow she's world beater. Yeah, she's going to win it. A fellow world beater, which, again, another another passionate leader driven to make change in their community. I, I love what you just said about, you know, a lot of people complain about what's going on around them. Very few people actually do something about it. So kudos, Allison Hodson. I think that's pretty awesome. But let's, um, you know, Edmonton born and raised. I mean, the, that moment, what, would, what do you think that was that shifted as, you know, a, a longtime Edmontonian, like, hey, the grass is greener on the other side, maybe, right? At another town, another city to saying, no, my roots are here. I'm planted. I'm going to do something. Was there a, a significant event that happened right there? Winners Find a Way show is brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journey helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. I wish I could tell you that there was, I don't remember there being anything specific, you know, it was kind of exciting to think about going out for a while um, of the city. I grew up in Stony Plain. I, I live in Edmonton. I've lived in downtown Edmonton for, for over a decade. And, you know, I, I was kind of excited about going somewhere else and I don't remember what the mind shift was, but I, I think part of it probably had to do with, you know, just not sitting around and grumbling if I sit on the spectrum and, you know, it's about solutions, it's about moving forward, um, you know, and then maybe that was part of what drove it, but I don't remember a catalyst moment. Good. All right. Let's take, take you back to Stony Point here for a second. <laughs> yeah. <How> about, Stony <laughs> I'm going to take, take you. What is it? Stony Plain. Stony Plain. I'm sorry. Stony yeah. Plain. I, I, <laughs> those two words, Stony and Plain. I don't know. Does those work together? So, all right. Stony Plain, you're a kid out there. Was there an impact pivot point that said, hey, was this on your ultimate list of things to do, Allison? Run a company, own a company, be a CEO. What was what was young Allison thinking? What was your drive? Was there something that shifted you that said, hey, I tell me a little bit about that? So I was not on this path my whole life. Uh, that is is definitely the case. So I grew up in Stony Plain, uh, small community you know, kindergarten through 
grade nine in the same school. Um, and for those that you know know a bit about my history, I didn't have the best childhood. I was um, bullied pretty pretty severely in school. I was uh, I was a pretty bad kid. I was in the principal's office almost every day. Just didn't really yes. have uh, you know kind of the right path ahead of me. I was, Are you bucking uh, the system? Very opinionated. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you'll be surprised. I was very opinionated. Shocking, <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, so I, I I really had a really tough childhood. Uh, to be honest, it's, you know, I was an only child and, you know, grew up, my mom was a single mom, she was doing the best she could, um, you know, to work and make sure that we had what we needed. So it was, uh, there were rough years. And when I kind of, you know, went to the high school, which was in Spruce Grove, so Stony Plains town, Spruce Grove, also a small town, a little bigger, uh, not too far away. So, you know, ended up going to the high school in Spruce Grove, met some new people, you know, melded a couple schools together, got on a bit of a different path. And, you know, by the time high school came around, uh, honestly, I skipped a lot. I failed a lot of grades. I didn't do so well. And, you know, I, it wasn't, this is, you know, to me at the time, I thought it was because I wasn't smart, but it was just because I wasn't applying myself, which I'm sure a lot of parents would say, you know, when, when your kids don't focus in high school, so, or school in general. So, once I got through that, um, you know, grade 12, I actually didn't graduate high school. I had failed enough grades that I was five credits short. I always uh, remember the fact that I really wanted to finish math 30 and I won't get into the details around it, but I kept kind of taking a couple courses over and over and opted out of some electives to get math 30 and ended up failing it twice the second time by like I don't know, I think I had like 48% or something. Um, so didn't end up getting those five credits. And I, I always will um, put a lot of the path of my success to my principal at the time, um, because I was working in Spruce Grove after that. I took a year off after high school. It was kind of like, what am I going to do? I don't have a diploma. You know, where do I go from here? And, you know, my my principal ended up coming into where I was working and he's like, Oh, what are you doing? And I, I told him a bit of the story about how I hadn't graduated. And he said, why don't you come into my office next week and, and we'll have a chat. So it's, it's a long story, but he ended up uh, working with me and I, I got my diploma. And then from there ended up going to Nate, uh, taking business, moving in from night school, because again, I didn't have great grades getting into day school the second year and then going into university I actually almost went down the path of becoming a lawyer. That was always my passion. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, just, again, I'm not going to get too into it. It's a long story, but just ended up not going that route. And uh, yeah, here I am. It was it was certainly not like young Allison was like, I'm going to own a business one day and uh, and do all these things. It was more just happened. Well, let's talk about some of that perseverance, right? Let's talk about some of the challenge of that. Because, you know, as you described that, first of all, you would have been a great lawyer. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would hire you to represent me in a minute, all right? I hope I don't need one, but if I do. So the second one is like, you know, when you talk about that, it just sounds like, um, you know, I, I get this picture of, of, of you kind of pushing the rock uphill from like fifth grade on, you know, like it's always, it's always work, right? It's always something and, you know, it's never easy. And by the way, I mean, you're kind of choosing your rock and you didn't choose an easy one either, right? Like you're b grabbing big stones to push, not the little ones, because you're making it a little harder on yourself too, if that's fair. Um, but let's, let's, mm -hmm. um, let's talk about this because I, you know, you, don't you think that that path 
gave you resilience for all the stuff you do now? Oh, a hundred percent. I, uh, I wouldn't trade any of it. Let's pivot. So Allison, I love the McChesney and Sean Covey from the four disciplines of execution. They, they made this quote famous, uh, winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. You know, that is one of the biggest things. So tell me about a time you were up against it. You were losing, found a way to come back and win down, but not out. I mean, you got a great personal story already about, Hey, I didn't choose this easy path of education on the college track and then came back and went through all the way back through. Tell me about uh, another instance, maybe a business or otherwise. I'd love to give a business story. There aren't a lot. And maybe that's just because of the way that I process things. So I, I don't feel like there was ever a time that I was down, but not out. I'm sure there were, and it's not like mm-hmm. it's been easy. It's not nice. like it's been this like, you know, g- great brick road, yellow brick road. But um, <laughs> again, I think it's just the, I, I don't, I can't think of a time in business when I was like, wow, all the chips are down and, you know, I really got to claw my way out of this. Um I think there's been lots of times that, you know, when you talk about perseverance, you know, we've had a couple partners leave over the years. Yep. We've had, you know, large clients that have left the business, which obviously leave a hole and they need to be uh, replaced. Um, you know, you'll have, you know, HR where, you know, you've got someone, you know, and I, I think you probably, especially in your business, know the, uh, the saying, no one's replaceable, right? They aren't, or sorry, everyone's replaceable. Yes. Um, they are, even me, right? So the first couple of times you go through a really pivotal person leaving your business, you know, it, it's, it's unnerving, right? It's, but I, I guess the reason I maybe not having the best answer to this is I, I can't see, I would say any of those were down, but not out. I think they would just say they were just bumps. And they were bumps that we got through and that I got through and the team got through and here we are. Well, let's talk real quickly about the last year, right? Let's talk, um, let's talk about, you got this great culture. Everyone's inside a Zag, great little downtown office, very uh, active community. People got their happy hour spots. Like they're comfortable. They like going to work at Zag. You're a creative group. You've got a great client list. And then all of a sudden, Everyone goes remote. Everyone's shut down. Our client's going to call. Do they need work? Tell me about what's going through your mind. Because my understanding is you've continued to grow through this. Is that accurate? No stoppage. No like, oh, woe is me. Oh, oh, this is going to be so bad. I got to stop. You've figured it out, pivoted, and did it. Tell me a little bit about what you were thinking there. Yeah, there there certainly were early days in this last year and a bit, you know, when everything happened, right? And the world stopped. There were times, you know, as, as a business owner, it goes through your head, especially in marketing, you know, which often can be depending on the business owner or corporation's mentality, uh, really important in downtimes or the first thing to cut. And, That's right. you know, there's a lot more, right. of, there's a lot more of the first thing to cut, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. And because it was so uncertain, um, yeah, there were, there was a lot of fear early on, right? Just in terms of what does this mean or our clients going to, you know, stop working with us because they, they don't have any money. Where are they at? There was a lot of concern that I had for my clients because I worry about them as, you know, part of the family, right? So if, mm-hmm. if they're not doing well, you know, are they going to go out of business? Can they continue to employ their employees? Yes. So there were some pretty, you know, scary days. Everyone working from home wasn't as much of a concern. And that's because we had had a couple floods the year before, I guess, luckily. Mm. <laughs> so we yeah. all had to work from luckily. home for, for some time. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. believe it. Who, why would you think that? But right. uh, it actually ended up being kind of interesting because it was like, well, we already did this, you know, obviously not for this long, but we had the infrastructure, we were set up. Yes. Um, so then you're right. Then it was just the culture piece, right? And how do we keep things, how do we keep things going? How do we keep the, you know, the, the culture and the wheels turning? Because, you know, a lot of people will say, how can you be creative on a Zoom call? How has that mm-hmm. affected brainstorms? How has that affected client collaboration? And I would say it has, but I would not say to the degree that would, you know, be alarming in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. I, I think my biggest, my biggest stress in this past year about uh, around everything has just been, uh, you know, mental health, right. For the team, mm-hmm. for clients, for everything, because everyone's got a different situation. They're homeschooling their children they're, um, You know, they live alone. They want to be home. They don't want to be home. Like everyone's in a different place and everyone's dealing with those stresses differently. They've got a spouse that's gotten laid off. Um, you know, they're struggling to make ends meet. So, so that's been, that's been something definitely to persevere on um, because it's, it's an ongoing, you know, you got to do a lot to keep mm. people's spirits up and, and keep them, you know, feeling comfortable. Let's pivot to you and talk a little bit about what do you think is the 1%? What do you think um, that your superpower that separates you? I mean, there's very few people that have done what you've done, um, especially at a pretty young age in the 20s and decided, hey, I'm going to start my own marketing firm globally. You've got North American-wide clients worldwide, all sorts of things, which, which by the way, you were doing before, like somewhat remotely, right? So, um, mm-hmm. so talk to me about the one superpower that Allison Hodson has that continues to help her lead. You know what I think it is? I can I can actually trace this back to a moment in time. Mm, and nice. <laughs> it was it was early in my career, early enough when I was working for another company and my boss at the time had thrown me into a situation um, very much like go present to this board of directors for this really large company, you know, publicly traded, uh, you know, here's the content, go present. And I remember my like heart just being in my throat. I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, this is a board of directors. Like what are they, what they're going to judge me? Like, I'm not going to be able to do this well. Like I'm, I'm going to fail. Right. Like, I mean, those things go through your head. They go through my head anyways. For and yeah, you know, I went and I, I did the presentation. I don't remember it other than being terrified and just being like, don't screw this up because you're going to a look stupid, which was my biggest concern and B like get fired. Concern number two, you know, it was actually serendipitous because I was headed on a trip right after that meeting uh, to Vegas. I had a holiday book. So it was kind of like, hi, hi. Right. Like, it's just like you have the meeting and boom, I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. being at the airport and the CEO of that company, and I'll never forget, called me. And he said, I just wanted to let you know, you did a really great job in that presentation. Like, thanks for coming. And thanks for, thanks for doing that. And, and thanks for, uh, you know, being a part of, of what was a really important presentation to our company. And up until then in my career, I had been very focused around who a person was, right? You're a janitor, you're a CEO, you're like, mm. whatever it is. Yeah. And it, it was that moment. And I don't know, I guess, you know, everyone processes things differently that I realized that it didn't matter who someone was in title. It didn't matter if I thought they were scary. Um, it didn't matter if I was talking to a room full of 500, you know, important people, you know, or a room full of 500 people that some people may classify as less important for whatever reason that they would mm-hmm. do that. 
everyone's just a person and I'm a person. And I think that after that moment, and, you know, I haven't even thought about this until you asked it, but when you talk about a superpower, I very rarely worry about those things anymore. And it doesn't mean I don't prepare and it doesn't mean I'm not concerned about showing up as my best or failing because those things drive me. But I think my superpower was just that moment of people are just people and you know, they're going to be good people or they're going to be crappy people and they're going to treat you well, or they're going to treat you not well, but don't let that worry you. And I think that that helps not only with dealing with, you know, new clients, suppliers, vendors, the team, whoever I come across, I just really like meeting people and, and dealing with people. And I just don't let it intimidate me. I think it helps. I don't get in my head about it. Yeah, for me, I think it's a great lesson for everybody that's listening in a word, a great itty word that we teach, right? Which is humanity, right? Like people are people. We bleed the same. And I think that lesson right there is probably one of the most powerful. We've talked about so many prejudices in today's environment of ageism and, you know, racism and sexism. And there's a lot of isms going on, right? And, and, and not the good one, not the good isms, you know? And so we, we, we talk about like, these are going on and happening. And yet if people just looked at that, I mean, I think that's so critical about you know, and, and I felt that too. I felt that in professional baseball, right? Where you see people making, just like the CEO, you got a person making, you know, $2.5 million in his role and he's a big responsible person who has owned, take tons of responsibility and tons of ownership. We think like, oh, that person's different than us. Except it turns mm-hmm. out, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. And, you know, they've earned that and, and, and they've done it and, and, and it should be admired for sure. For some of the work, but you know, one of the things I find probably one of my, one of our greatest accomplishments in baseball is going to a world championship with people from somewhat of you know nine different countries and twelve different cultures and all sorts of different ages, backgrounds, upbringings. You know, all these things, and yet you come together and you're like, hey, we have this one goal and we all got to do it together. Like, well, I don't want to do it with that person because I don't like them. Uh, because they're from the wrong country. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we have to perform together. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to throw the ball to the third baseman because they're from a different country than I. I mean, that makes zero sense, right? That's not how humanity yeah. works. And so I love that. I, I think there's also a level of, you know, coming coming from what you came from, from, from the bullying that sets a, that sets a precedent in how humanity is. Cause, cause bullying is about power, right? It's about, you're not something I am or insecurity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you finding that humanity guiding light, I think it's huge. I think it's gigantic. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I just hadn't thought about that for a long time. And I, I do think that it's huge. I think that being able to look at everything through the lens of, of we're all human. I mean, it's, uh, it, it might be, you know, I don't know what they call it. They call it imposter syndrome or whatever it is, right? Like people like you, who I really respect, you know, a lot of people that I deal with that I really respect when, when I hear, you know, you know, you're the 1% or you've done something amazing or wow, like, look what you've built. I just, I never really think about it. I, mm. to me, it's just like, I'm, I have a business. I've, worked with some great people to grow some some yep. great things and you know we we are united and we I guess I just don't look at it that way so to me it's it's not always about ego and 
just more about, I'm just doing the right thing, or I think I'm doing the right thing. It's certainly not always the right thing and have Trying. had missteps over yeah. the years, like doing the best yes. I can, doing the best I can with what I've been given. Like I love that's that. all anyone can do right now. I also think that you and I share this love of travel and that's another one for great, great lessons in humanity, right? Like thicken up your passport, find out how other cultures live, what they think is valuable, how their families operate. <laughs> like, right. It's all these different things. And, uh, that those are just great learnings again, right back to the human race. Like, uh, turns out people just aren't that much different, right? Like we have, it's, it's perspective, goals. right? Yeah. Like, do you think it's perspective? Like, I think of like, I'm, uh, I chair the Make-A-Wish board um, for Northern mm. Alberta. Uh, and we've since moved over because we've merged with Children's Wish. So we're now uh, an advisory board. But, um, you know, I remember going to an international conference where the Make-A-Wish chapters came from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people think, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I've, I've heard from people that it's like, oh, Make-A-Wish is like the Disney wishes, right? Like, that's what we get related to a lot of the time. Or it's celebrity wishes, Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's also like, you can ask for something, you can ask to meet someone, you can ask for an experience, there's different types of wishes. And I'll never forget talking to some of the other countries, um, you know, that, you know, maybe don't have as much or they're not as privileged, you know, as America or Canada. And some of the wishes that they shared just would like, just get you right here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. kids just wishing for shoes. Yeah, I just want a pair of shoes. Like, I just want to have a picnic with my friend just gets you right in the heart. I mean, it it puts perspective into humanity and how lucky we all are. Like, and we're all lucky in different ways. Everyone has their own stuff, right? See it, but everyone has their own stuff. I don't want to talk too deep about that because you'll have me into Yeah, this is getting like really <laughs> like, yeah, deep now. This is getting deep. Let's go back to business. Yeah, I know because those are heartstrings right there. Like, I, And having a little relationship with that, being involved in a, little, a couple things to make a wish. You know, I've just heard those. I've heard the stories in the past, you know, and, and, and you're right from, from our first world North American, you know, I, I say in North America, we don't really have any needs. We have wants, right? Because we, mm-hmm. there's so much. And, uh, yeah, that, that one that sticks with me is one of the kids asking for a dress for his mom, for, for his service, for his funeral service. Cause they oh. were, and I was like, Oh man, I was, yeah. I was like, wow, like we're so blessed. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about, I want to, I want to give a, a couple minutes for Q and a here at the end here. What do you, what do you think? You know, people people get down, right? You you go through hard times. You're talking. I think you talked about a good point about mental health and the challenge of of doing something very differently. You and I, we 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 know the disc a little bit. We get involved with that, and and there's a lot of folks that their their personal styles. They don't love change. They can do it, but they don't love it. And and man, if you don't love it, like I'm changed out. <laughs> like I've had so much change in the last twelve months. Like, hey, I need a break from change, right? So let's talk about if someone is kind of in that spot where things aren't going well, is is there a value or a belief or an action, something that you've taken that have you found success in that says, hey, I can ground myself, I can get this going back in the right direction doing this? Do you have a recommendation? I think that we've been going through a lot as a company um, to try to keep connection with each other, to try to do fun little things virtually um, as much as possible to keep the door open for people to connect and, you know, have some of those difficult conversations. You know, we're, we're working on 
some other things that we'll be rolling out in the next month or so, just in terms of, you know, how to, what you're talking about, those tools and how to deal with mental health and and putting a little bit more support towards our team. I think everyone's different, right? Like, I think that, you know, and that's why we're doing some of the DISC work right now, um, which is personality related work, right? To understand that there's going to be conflict, there's going to be times of conflict, you know, we want to create psychological safety within the workplace. And within our clients, just because there's a lot of uh, conversations we have with our clients, obviously being in the marketing and communications and advertising space, and we want to create those safe conversations. So I think that by doing some of that personality work and understanding where the other person is coming from, um, and like you said, maybe, you know, some of us may internalize, some of us may be a little bit more external with how we're feeling. Yeah. Some people may retreat at conflict, some people might, you know, get quick to anger, all those things affect our mental health, right? And how we're dealing with our day to day. So, you know, I think our biggest learning is just keep paying attention to it. Yes. Um, make sure that you're empathetic to it. You know, we still have to run a business, we still have to make sure yes. that everyone is employed. Um, but trying to balance that human piece with it too, has been really important through as you describe it, I hear openness. Like you have an openness, like for the firm. Like, hey, let's let's not not talk about it. Let's it's open. Let's have those conversations. Let's talk about that. I love that. So let's t- let's. Quickly- and I think it takes. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I oh, think it good. takes time to build too, right? Like, I wish I could say that. Like, we just, you know, for, for me, sure. like my style, like literally, like let's talk about it. And I've realized that that scares some people. They're like, well, oh, what yeah. do you mean, like? Oh, you're, yeah. you're my boss. Like, you want to talk to me? It's for like, sure. and that's sure. hard for me. And I'm sure you deal with other people like this, right? Trent, like it's, you know, you, I'll remember, a, I forget who it was, but there was someone that brought up this, it was through EO actually that brought up this example of as owners and CEOs, we come in with, a, he called it our nice wand or sword, right? We come in and we're just like, I just want to know how you feel. I'm so nice and so happy. And we don't realize that that's like terrifying everyone. So deep down, we think like we're really trying to be nice and help and we want to, but you know, some of the people around us, depending on their personality and the relationship we have and how safe they feel, they're like, whoa, Mm. like, whoa. So that's been, it's been tricky, right. To, to navigate that too, because you want to help and you want to be there, but you know, everyone's going to receive that differently. So it's a major work in progress is kind of the point I'm getting to. It's not like, you know, everything's great and everyone's open because it's, it's an, it's a lifelong journey as a business. I'm glad you cut me off because I think, I think that's really important to say. I don't think it's easy. And I, and I would say that's, that's openness is a simple term that takes a lot of trust to establish, right? So if we Mm -hmm. haven't done that, and I know what you're saying, what I hear you saying is, is that, You've worked your tail off to establish that trust. It didn't, it didn't come overnight. Like if I had to come in the first day and say, Hey, listen, we're an open environment. Everyone can say anything they want. I'd be like, yeah, right. Sure. We can. (laughs) And and you're exactly, that's not how it works. Oh, you can be open. Cause I said, you can, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to put our toe in the water on that. Right. Like, Hey, I'm going to test this with little things and then we'll get deeper and deeper and I'll go in. Oh, I might get in up to my waist. I'm feeling comfortable. Look at this. I'm not going to the deep end or anything. Right. Like I could still walk out of here. Um, and so I think that, uh, that trust, I think is really a key component to get to where you want to go. And, and, and I don't know if that's a, I, I don't know if that's an end zone either. I think that's kind of a, 
a, a never ending journey because the, you, we know that fluctuates up and down a little bit as, as people move it, in and out of the organization, things happen. Right. People coming and going. And, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting when you use the analogy of like wading in and that, that piece, because frankly, as much as you can work to build that, you can do one thing, one misstep and it's erased. Yeah. Right. Like, cause it's, it's fragile, right. And yeah. it should be fragile because it's yep. trust and it's, it, you know, people spend a lot of their lives at work, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like, there's the whole saying, like you spend more time at work than you do with your family, like before COVID. Now you do both. <laughs> now you're with your work and your family all day. <laughs> well, but, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it takes trust. It takes time. Yeah. I, I think those two words, like another itty, right? Integrity and trust. You know, those are one of those things you work so hard to build up time, 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 time. One thing and right back down to ground zero, just like that. And, mm-hmm. and then you, you got to go back and build it all back up. It's like, it's like the water fully came out of the pool. <laughs> like, and, wait, no, no, no. Totally. I just, wait a minute. What do you mean? Like, oh yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not getting it at all now anymore. Unless we're skateboarding. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's talk, let me pivot to a question here. I love this question. I had this question, one of my first couple of shows and I've used it a lot because it comes a lot. But the best battle that you've ever conquered in your lifetime, you've had lots of successes, you've had lots of wins, but what's the best battle that you overcame, Allison? Wow, such strong words. Yeah, right? Because when you're um, in it, it's tough. Like you're going, you're going to, uh, it, it's the fight, right? Oof, that's a tough one. I mean, I think that... I think it's one that's ongoing. Like I, you know, I, I don't mean to keep skirting your questions. Like I, I can't say like that was a battle that I won. Like I just, I don't have anything like that, but I, I do think it's the ongoing battle of trying to balance, um, you know, doing good and meaningful work to drive clients businesses forward, because that's really the whole reason we exist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. balancing that with, you know, a highly motivated, creative and driven team with a lot of really great ideas. Like that's the battle every day. Like that's the trenches every day is that kind of, you know, client's team relationship in the advertising marketing business to gain the trust of the client, to keep the team motivated, to keep putting the ideas out. I, I used this example the other day in a, another interview that I was doing. And I said, I can only imagine how difficult it is as you know, someone who's creative, having an idea, pitching it out to a client and getting shut down time and time again. And it happens, right? Like for lots of reasons, like don't have the budget, yeah. too risky, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Um, and to keep showing up your A game every day. So, I mean, that's the battle every day is balancing that, I think. All right. Let me ask you uh, a, mirror, a mirror question. You're pretty good at self-awareness, pretty good at knowing, hey, who Allison Hudson is. When you look in the mirror, um, you see some things. What what do you think that others don't see when they look in the mirror that that they need to take a harder look on? Oh wow, these are tough questions. I didn't bring you on for the easy I mean, stuff, Allison. You yeah, know? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, God, uh, yeah, I I think you're right. Like I think you know I know where my missteps are I know that I come across you know I can be direct I can you know I'm a high d you know that like I'm as far out on the d spectrum of dominance that you can get and I don't waver to steadiness or or influence um those are things people see I think maybe what they don't see um I had someone say to me the other day that it would be important sometimes to share with the team 
the struggles of a business owner, the struggles mm. of, you know, what, what you go through. And I'm a believer that uh, that's my job, right? Mm. Like my job is to make sure that everyone's fed, everyone's paid. We've got good work coming in the door. That's, you know, fun and meaningful. Um, you know, so maybe what people don't see sometimes is that I do seem pretty cool and calm and collected. I think like maybe, maybe I'm not self-aware about that. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, yeah. you know, I, I don't let people see, uh, the stress, I guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. So maybe mm. that's part of it. Like that maybe people don't see that yeah, because I put that's, up a bit of a, yeah, we could you know, everything's that, right? fine. Yeah. I love the, um, so, I, I love that, uh, responsibility and ownership you just talked about. And most people don't, you know, we have tough conversations a lot uh, and you and I may have even had this conversation in the past, but like if you have 30 people, in your organization, you're making decisions for 120, you know, hundred people, it's 400. The average family is four. So, you know, these are these people's careers now. And this is, this is how we, we pay for food, car, or education for our children. <laughs> you know, all these things are provided by my career. And so every decision an owner makes isn't just affecting that one person. It's affecting the entire family and it's significant. So there's an ownership uh, and a responsibility behind that, that I think all, most owners feel, they really, they really feel that responsibility and want to make decisions. And I don't think it's one of those things you can wear on your sleeve. Like I'm panicked to make the wrong decision and I'm going to be manic about getting it right. Because if I get it wrong, everybody's kids aren't going to get closed. You know, like, well, that's not exactly going to happen, but like, we have to understand that there is a downstroke to that responsibility. And uh, that's interesting how that affects you. I honor that. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a good one. And it's not, and it's not just, you know, keeping people employed. It's the effect that you have on people's lives when they're employed with you. Right. So whether someone's with you for six months, because it's not a fit for whatever reason, whether they're with you for, you know, uh, nine years and they've chosen to have that part of their journey with you, you just hope whatever that is that it left them or leaves them better. And that was the right experience in their journey. Because like we, we touch so many, you know, even like, again, outside of the team clients, right? Like they choose to work with us that affects them one way or another, hopefully for the better. Uh, But you know, there's a lot of, you know, I always make the joke that we're not saving babies because we're not, but there is also a lot of responsibility in how we touch people's lives every day. And so Mm. that's, you know, that's, that's a big responsibility. Yeah. And your clients, big reach. I mean, this is marketing. That's their whole idea is get big reach. Right. And so there's a, there is a big responsibility behind that. All right. It's time for the best way to win. Is there something that you'd like to share with our, with our listeners that we did not touch on today about finding a way to win, facing adversity, continuing on that journey, that journey to be elite, something there that you're thinking? Yeah. The one thing maybe we didn't touch on um, and as much as I say that I don't maybe show everybody that it can be tough sometimes, I certainly have a group of people in my life that I can can count on when I need to have, you know, some decompress or to talk about things. And I think that, you know, when you talk about perseverance and, and all those things, surround yourself with the right people, um, make sure that you've got the right support system and don't be afraid to ask for help. Like it's not a sign of uh, weakness or vulnerability. In in my opinion, it's a sign of being smart and realizing when you need to say, Hey, I need help with this. I'm in over my head, uh, whatever that might be. And just surround yourself with those people. I think it, it just, it makes the journey not only easier, but a lot more enjoyable when you're not doing it alone. 
Love that. That's awesome. Great, great share. Because I think a lot of people do miss that as CEOs. Like if you're not a publicly traded company, often the CEOs the last stop or the owner, and there's no one to answer to like, hey, is this a good idea? Also, I don't know, but I'm doing it. You know, like you don't have to <laughs> yeah. quote unquote Hope it works always out. <laughs> yeah, bounce that idea off going, well, I'm gonna own the responsibility ultimately, but you don't get a yes or no from someone else, right? This is no, we cannot do that. Um, so I love that. I think that's a that's a crucial one. So again, tell them where they can find you, Allison, before we finish up our last part. Yeah, I think uh, best place to find me and Trent, thanks for pointing it out at the beginning, A-L-Y-S-O-N, Hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, because they also, lots of people put a G in the end, in Hodson. Um, so Allison Hodson, uh, I would go to our website. So the website uh, for Zag is A-T-O-Z-A-G.ca or cag.ca and then you can find me on linkedin at allison hodson you can find me on instagram at allison jane uh, and you can also find me on twitter but again that's it's a tricky handle it's got some underscores in it tricky, so just tricky. go to the website or linkedin you'll find me from there there you go love it all right follow the i should have never your- jumped on that handle <laughs> follow the show on youtube live and many more videos on the leadership channel uh we're on instagram and twitter at trent m clark or leadershipity you can find me make sure to look for our upcoming book the pyramid of leadershipity you can dm or email me on any of those uh social media links but for sure if you enjoyed today's episode and all our episodes please continue to listen and rate us five stars work hard to find the one percenters and some good interviews for everyone to glean some advice and this one of course is no different let's finish allison with your verse what's your quote what is your go-to like hey when things are kind of getting at you and you need to ground yourself you've got these people which i think was really a great great uh, advice you've got people that you surround yourself what is one of those things that you may read or come about that gets you back into your mode? Hey, I got to get focused and get get grounded. Trust your gut. Trust really? your gut. Yeah. My gut yeah. never fails me. It's it's actually uncanny. Really? That's mm-hmm. confidence, people. Right? <laughs> I love it. So I will tell you, and, and I've told Allison this before too, I don't believe in gut. Now, so... I do believe in Allison trusting her gut. Now, how I define (laughs) gut, okay, how I define gut is Allison has a great experience. She's been through many different things and she gleans every, I mean, like a sponge, she gets every experience and like throws the sponge on and gets everything out of it that she can, good or bad, right? Good or bad. And she takes it and she empties it in the bucket and goes, oh, I'll be saving that. So she has this buckets full of guts, right? Of all these experiences. So she goes, oh, this is happening. She goes, oh, bucket, bucket number four. I remember that gut experience, right? She, I believe she <laughs> goes right back to it because there's been uh, committees, uh, peer learning. There's been education. There's been trials and errors of the company and, and as a worker and, and learning to be a follower before you were a leader, right? And all those experience and if I could say something about a superpower about you, Allison, it's that, it's just that. Every experience you get, you absolutely maximize the learning and you maximize it win or lose. Most people, in my opinion, 
most people really learn when they lose, right? They're like, oh my gosh, what did we do wrong? I got to figure that out. We fixed it. We got, but when we win, we're like, oh, hey, just another client got another, you know, $100,000 job in the door. Like, hey, we're doing awesome. <laughs> like, look at us. We're so good. <laughs> but, but breaking down, like, why did we win? Why are we going to win again? We keep doing this. We'll win more. We could even get better doing this. Hey, if it was $100,000, how come it wasn't $250,000? What could we do to get that? And, and always looking in, and, and you have it, right? The, the hashtag, how can we do it better? Hashtag, how can we do it better? Like that is Allison for me. My quote, by the way, was given to me by a great friend. You can have results or excuses, not both. Arnold Schwarzenegger like quote given to me by Thank my Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find Way show. Right? I am your host, <laughs> Trent <laughs> Clark. We love this episode. Share this episode with your friends. They, they gave me and that quote for follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're uh, listening to. If you want more BS, content right? from us, and join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on so all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity for our award-winning workshop, Win With Great teams you can find that page for for everyone thank you for joining us today looking forward to our our next leadership every friday 12 30 you want to win more it starts live on our leadership channel say it with Uh, me now always wonderful i have join us what it takes friday and listen in you can always hear them back on our leadership or our podcast thank you for being with us today allison thank you so much thanks for having me trent